Grace and peace. You're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. That's the letter U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm one of the hosts, Isaac Adams. I never do this introduction, but I've gotten my intro lags back under me, uh, and I now turn it over to the Reverend Austin Suter, the co-host what's up not as easy as you remember is it isaac i know man i was like woo, man no wonder i passed that thing off but alas here we are how you doing brother i'm all right man how are you doing well doing well happy to just be sitting here with the right reverend i think we said on our last episode you had recently uh been installed as a pastor at your church so happy for you and yeah man overwhelmed with a move and i'm moving to alabama and birmingham so that's crazy Well, today, fittingly, we are going to be talking about rest, Mm. specifically rest from the race conversations, other hard conversations. Mm. We thought it would be just useful time to think about what it means to rest and that sort of thing. And so I wanted to start us at Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. Let me just read that Mm. real quick and we can pray before we hop in. Let's do it. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God, my strong rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Selah. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are our rest despite whatever's going on. We pray that we can uh, carry whatever is in our lives to you in prayer. Thank you for that privilege. Thank you for the blood that bought it for us. In Mm. Jesus' name, amen. 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 So Isaac, some conversations are really hard and taxing. Mm. And if they are happening over a long period of time, we will need breaks from them. Yeah. And so what we want to talk about today is when do we need a break? What does a break look like? Uh, What needs to happen on a break? Those sorts of things. But before we get there, I just wanted to frame this because I think the question assumes a couple things. It assumes first that we are concerned about justice and unity, and we are regularly pursuing that as part of our following Jesus. So yes. we're regularly yes. having it definitely assumes that. Yeah, we're regularly having these hard conversations. This isn't encouragement from people who aren't concerned about justice to take a break from it, right? Correct. Yes, I am speaking to uh, folks who are regularly having this conversation. Correct. That's exactly right. That's a good caveat. Yeah, person A is um, that we're having these hard conversations in an environment which makes them difficult at times. So person A is tired, person B could be all consumed by the conversation. Both of those people need a break from the conversation. Yeah, that's right, man. Um, You know, and it's interesting, person B goes both ways. And what I mean is, you know, I think when I hear someone consumed with the conversation, I hear someone who is in favor of the conversation, but there's also advocates against the conversation. And I would say they're equally consumed. And too much consumed. And and the reason this, I wanted to have this conversation is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, I think, uh, ironic or someone might be a little surprised to hear us having this conversation, right? Like I, 
I come to United We Pray to listen about having the race conversation. Now you guys are saying stop. Well, like you said, brother, we're not saying stop, uh, but we are saying don't let it consume you, right? And um, because Jesus should consume you and there is more in your Bible than just about race and racism. Uh, there's more to your life than just about race and racism. And um, and sorry, the psalm is just popping in my head. Your your steadfast love is better than life. But anyway, someone someone came to me and they said this. They said, you know, they had found someone, uh, you know, critical. I think even of some of my work. And they realized they were an international, and they realized they were like, this person seems so embattled within American culture wars that they almost have, I'm not trying to give any kind of diagnosis, but just as a short-term ham, a kind of PTSD, meaning like any word, you know, it does the word race even, like let's not talk about power or privilege or systemic, but just the word race, just bam, it's just a trigger. Um, And, you know, we can talk in another episode, or I'm sure we have, like, I don't think that means we just get rid of race or any of these words. We have to use language on some level. I'm all for using biblical language, but I don't think, like, oh, if you just use the right words, that's the magic bullet. But we can talk about that another time. Uh, But it, it struck me as a pastor, I think, because it showed me that, you know, people in our churches, they are coming to rest in Christ, and they are resting in Christ insofar as they've trusted in him. Um, But there is, our churches should be on some level reprieve for our people and reprieve for them on all sides. Uh, So I'm not just saying, to be clear like you, I'm not just saying our churches should only be comfortable. uh, But I am saying is there is a time to take a break. And we don't, I think this is good for people like you and me, Austin, to remember this isn't the only thing we should ever teach about or talk about or disciple about. And oh, that's right. It's really, we just really, we're not going to be united or maintain that unity, at least, if this is the only thing we talk to people about. And you're really good at talking to people about being the kind of heresy police or just, yeah, just that guy uh, who is constantly- Or not being that guy. Or not yeah. being that guy, yeah. So, right. Thoughts on that? I think you're spot on. I have a number of questions to walk through just to think about what it would mean to rest, what it looks like to rest. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to ask you, what are some ways that talking about race can be or has been hard for you? Yeah. I mean, one um, one metaphor I use is that if you were running with the football of a different racial perspective at your church, and I'm talking to minorities who feel tired and rightfully so, if you don't have blocking it's really tiring to get tackled over and over again. So I'm moving right now, right? I'm moving to Alabama and people who love me to death are asking me a question and they don't realize it, but they're all asking me the same question. How you feeling? How you guys doing? And they, they only mean well, they only mean well. Um, but you know, it's, it can be really tiring answering that same question. And I think a lot of black brothers and sisters as they move about the church and I'm talking about about black brothers and sisters and predominantly white churches can feel a bit of that fatigue kind of fielding the same questions over and over again. And then if you turn up the temperature uh, during a kind of um, moment where tensions are high, whether it be in the wake of a George Floyd or, or um, uh, you know, in some sense, pick your tragedy, um, then it can get really exhausting. And even if it's not in those high tense moments, just the low level wanting to see change, but not really seeing it, maybe trying to see change too quickly. 
And we need to realize that is a mistake that I think some of us can, and by us, I mean, some minorities can give themselves to is expecting, you know, this church has been wrestling with this issue for decades, the nation for centuries, and we expect change overnight. Ah, that's going to be discouraging and tiring and disappointing. And so that's just, that's one way it can be really difficult. It's just kind of fielding the same questions. Yeah. If I heard you right, I heard you talk about two different things. The first one just being a volume of questions from without, yeah, which was people, you know, well-meaning people who might um, their black friend unwittingly as a resource, right, um, or just being multiple people's one conversation partner for all manners race. Yeah, I think that's a situation a lot of minority brothers and sisters find themselves in. And then the other thing was uh, discontentment from within, so not seeing the change you hope for being frustrated with people, those are sort of two things that stress you and, and make it hard for you to have these conversations. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And just on the on that first one, um, you know, I'm all for, I'm, I want to be clear, I'm not saying don't ask your questions, but this is exactly why we want to talk about resting from the conversation. It goes both ways. We're not just talking about what will serve the minority, though we're certainly not talking about less than that. But if I'm in a friendship, like Austin, you know, people might be surprised, we talk about United We Pray a ton because it's our jobs in some sense, but we talk about a whole host of other things all the time. Like just our, yeah, we like do. we're just friends and you'll actually have a better conversation about race if you have better conversations just about other things. If your only kind of conversation is just this one topic, well then you're just gonna wear your, your both of yourselves out. But yes, that was a great summary. So how do you know when you need a break? Like, are there things you can start to see in your life as signs that you need rest? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, kind of like whenever you know you need a break in other spheres of life, like I need a vacation, right? Uh, Where it's just like, okay, how discouraged are you? How energized are you? Are you out of breath? Do you feel like in some sense, like I feel just like in some sense, you know, of course not physically, but like metaphorically, I am out of breath on this conversation. Well, God has given us fatigue as a kind of notification. So, you know, you get notifications on your phone, like pops up, like here it is, you know, the gas light on your car, on your dash, it goes off. It's like, we need gas. Uh, And so I would say, look at your study, your fatigue, study your disappointments, and really let those really let those be true signs that like everyone you, you need rest. So I say there are times to retreat, recover, or even retire and let other parts of the troop push the battle forward. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I know for me and and one and what sorry, one last obvious one. If you are bitter, you need to take a break. And some folks I think don't recognize it like you are bitter and we want to let no root of bitterness spring up. Yeah, go ahead. What were you about to say? Sorry, uh, no, no, no. Let's let's follow up on that. So you're saying that one of the consequences for not resting is potentially bitterness. Yes, and I mean that's the grand irony. It's like if you actually, you know, I get in our pride, we might want to keep running through the marathon and be like, I want to finish. I want to. I got. Or and and you know, I want to. Let's assume the best. Like this person is like rest. I can't rest. Like look at the injustice around, look at what people are suffering. I'm like, brother, sister, I'm with you, but I actually want you to make it through the race. 
So we need to figure out some kind of pace, whether even if you need to walk a little bit, uh, because in our fatigue, I mean, you were just talking to me about this brother, like, you know, you've got, you've got some realities in your life where it makes you, it can make you more irritable and it's not you. It's just, it's those things pressing in on you. And of course it is you on some level, but you recognize that. And if you don't realize like, oh, in my fatigue, my spiritual resources are actually a bit depleted and I'm just going to turn to the flesh or turn to bitterness or turn to anger. And I'm not going to keep a wall up between uh, kind of righteous anger and self-righteous anger. And I'm just going to be given to self-righteous anger. Yeah. It's because brother or sister, you might just be really tired and that fatigue is understandable and okay. Well, we'll get there. We'll get to accepting limitations but what are some other potential consequences for not resting when we need it? Yeah. I mean, one is collapse, right? So let's just use the race metaphor, just push it uh, even further. It's just like you, you might collapse and you might collapse spiritually. So I think we can talk about kind of being given to over to the bitterness. You might not finish. Uh, I don't mean the race of being a Christian, but the race of, you know, your work of justice. So um, that's one consequence. Another one is just, and not taking breaks is you will be consumed with the conversation in a way that you may not even realize. So, you know, all of us start as sincere advocates. You know, I just don't know many people who are like, I'm, I'm going to be a jerk from day one. We start as sincere advocates and yet we become the very thing we hate because that spirit of self-righteousness envelops us or we become, I mean, it is so easy to look to our hands, the work of our hands to satisfy our thirst when it can't. And the, even the, even the good, I mean, Austin, we are so fallen, even the good things we want to do, loving our neighbor, right? God said we should do it, but even that can become idolatrous in our hands. Uh, so I would say those are two things. And, and when that happens, there's just gonna be a whole list of knock-on effects. You're gonna become alienated. The very people you want to convince or you need their resources and help, uh, they're not gonna listen to you. Uh, the only people who are gonna listen to you are the people who already agree with you. And it's just going to, uh, you're, you're not going to be doing the very things I think you set out to accomplish. Yeah, I think that's all spot on. So what, what do you do for rest? If, if, if it feels like we're speaking from experience, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, it's like, hmm, we might be familiar with this. And this is, this is why, you know, on some level we take breaks on the show. I know we're talking about, you know, different ways to keep the content going, but this is, this is, I think on some level, a discipline we hope to model, certainly not perfectly. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can, we can talk about that in a bit. So what are things you do for rest? Because when we talk about rest, we're talking about ceasing from something. We're talking about bowing out of the race conversation. What, is, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I, to be clear, I don't cease being a black African-American man, a black Christian, right? So on some level, and you don't cease being a white, well, on some level, we carry it with us all the time, but we're talking about the kind of engaging in these conversations, leading out in these conversations. Uh, so for me, I mean, very practically, it looks like taking some time off Twitter every now and then, or, you know, even just I was going to say that. Yeah. Just taking breaks from tweeting certain things of just like, yeah, I just, you got to pick when to shoot. And now is not the time to shoot. It looks like, and I want to be sure I'm like, okay, I don't want to get to the last day. And Jesus is like, this is all you talked about. 
but you didn't disciple anyone in your church. So, you know, you're talking rightly about taking breaks from certain things. And I hope you fill those things, fill that time with, with, with other good things. And then obviously there's just obviously just rest too. like fill your vacation with rest, not other work. So yeah, but taking time off social media, I mean, taking time, I mean, for me personally, I think it'll look different from person to person because we don't all have the same role in this conversation. But for me, it's going to look like, man, I'm not writing another book on race anytime soon. Uh, or at least I don't plan to, or at least it will be something kind of easy to write, like have there's a talk and I can make this a book, but I need a break. Right. Or at least I, you know, I haven't written, much I've been editing this book. I need a break. So it looks like just stepping back from the specific conversations, whatever it may be. And it just looks like spending time with people. So like every time at my church, I'm with someone, I'm not bringing this up now, given my work, they're probably bringing it up, but that's fine. So yeah. What about you, man? Thoughts on what it looks like for you to step back? Yeah. I think there are a couple different categories that you just mentioned. And the first is intake. And so what are you consuming, whether that's media or articles or, you know, I don't know what you read. I don't know what you watch, what you listen to. But if your steady diet makes you angry or tired or frustrated, then it's probably a good idea to adjust your intake. That's right. And then the second is just sort of how often are you having, personally having challenging conversations with people? Yeah. And if, if again, any of those warning signs we talked about are there, then, then it's time to step back for a little bit. Yeah, that's right. That's right, man. So, and then there's just general life balance stuff. I think that, that we could talk about and probably will talk about as we talk about the nature of rest, but I was going to ask you, what role do friends and family in church play in rest or determining that you need rest? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, in terms of friends and family or the family of God in our churches, I mean, Lord willing, you have people who know you well enough and are like, brother, you need a break. Sister, you need you need a break. Like, I, I hope I'm transparent enough where people can see that. Like, I have one friend, love him. He's just like, you're tired. And he tells me, he's like, you're tired. Uh, you know, Meg, my wife knows me well enough to say you're tired. Um, and so that's really helpful. And just receiving that, you know, I think the second you push me, you're like, no, I'm not. It's just a sign. You probably are. So there's that. So there's the kind of accountability lane. There's also the lane of um, just Ephesians 4. I mean, bro, in so many ways, Ephesians 4 is like maybe the theme chapter of everything you and I do. But where Paul talks about, sorry, I'm just turning there. Um, Ephesians 4, 29, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up, for building up someone in need, or the ESV would say as fits the occasion. So hopefully our brothers and sisters at the local church are giving us that kind of reprieve and um, fitting word, that word that fits the season or that, that fits the occasion. And then another episode, I want to talk with you, Austin, uh, about kind of reading the moment and how to know when to speak, what to speak, but we can do that later. Um, so those are, those are a couple signs and then, yeah, I, I'd pause it there. Yeah. Look for that episode later this season. I know in my life, uh, in determining my need for rest, uh, my wife is the best barometer mm. For that, like she'll, I, I, I will just keep after it until I'm in bad shape, mm. and that's not virtuous. Yeah, um, that's right. That's, it can seem so virtuous, talking. but it's not. It's not. It's not. I would like to think of it as hard, you know, a good work ethic and and being disciplined, 
And actually discipline in my life requires taking breaks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So she's great for that. And then just in terms of rest itself, in each of our lives and, you know, hopefully in our portfolio of friendships, we have friends who are easier to be around and who who encourage us and energize us and just pour into us. And in some seasons of life, if that's all we were doing, if all we were doing was being filled up, never to pour out and invest in someone else's life, that would be imbalanced. But right. the inverse is true as well. Amen. That's right. And there are times when you need to just spend time around encouraging people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And Megan, yeah, we, Megan and I will talk about, is this a life giving friendship or a life taking friendship? And again, life taking isn't inherently bad, but you need life giving as well. That's right. So what makes resting different from giving up or bowing out of hard conversations? Yeah. I mean, again, with kind of retreat, recover, retire, when I'm talking about retire, I do think, okay, loving your neighbor, that's a task till you're in the grave right? Uh, and in eternity, you will be loving your neighbor all the time. You just won't feel the feel, uh, in some sense, the difficulty of it. But uh, you're asking, what's the, what's the difference between... Between resting and giving up. Uh, between resting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, the person running the race who's walking or getting some water, they, they haven't given up on the race. Um, and when I, when I talk about retire, I really mean kind of re-strategize like it's okay to be like we are not going to win this battle or this conversation or you know i've done everything i think i can do in this church and i think they would be happier in jesus and i would be happier in jesus if i were elsewhere and so what 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 it looks like uh, maybe to put it clear austin what giving up looks like is walking away from the biblical imperatives so you should be part of a church so if you just give up on the church if you're like the church is inherently racist you know, a bastion of hypocritical white supremacists, I'm out. Well, I think you've given up on Jesus's bride and he hasn't given up on them yet and he hasn't given up on you yet. So I don't think we can do that. But if someone is telling me, hey, I'm going to go to another gospel faithful, a faithful gospel preaching church, mean to keep loving my neighbor, mean to keep living a life of justice and mercy, uh, that's not giving up. That's that's re-strategizing. That's recovering. That's rethinking about the battle and taking a different, it's like, look, we lost this battle, but I'm still in this war. Uh, so that would be, I think, one one sign or, you know, kind of just giving in or being given over to your anger. I think is a sign of giving up in the wrong way. So we have to fight to to be angry and not sin, as Ephesians 4 would say. And we have the resources to do this because we have the Lord Jesus Christ. So I looked up this quote from James Baldwin, who I love, who, I mean, has one of the most incredible minds and pens in some senses. I mean, I quote him often. Um, and, you know, he says, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage almost, almost all of the time. And he says almost all of the time. Uh, and what I, what I hope he's getting at is that, and you know, in some sense, this makes sense. You're walking around, he's writing in eras of, in the era of segregation, you're walking around seeing whites only signs. I mean, how could you not be enraged? And so I appreciate the kind of righteous anger in that. Uh, but what I wanted us to be careful of is to remember that Paul, somehow Paul was in that prison and he could say rejoice always. So Christians are those who are sorrowful or even angry yet always rejoicing. Amen. And I didn't know you were going to bring up that quote, but it's interesting that I just read an article by Charlie Dates in the Washington Post in which he 
interviewed someone who would have lived in some of the same time period as James Baldwin, mm. um, a sister in his church who's, you know, over 100 years old, mm. um, who was just marked by joy. Yeah. And it's not that she was blind to her trouble, but the difference between her and James Baldwin is that she's a believer and she knows the Lord. Yeah. And that informs her joy even in difficult circumstances. That's right. I was just, I mean, what we have in Christ, the, one of the wonders we have in Christ is that we, our joy can be out of the reach of all our problems. So yes. you can, you can, you can live in a racist society and still have joy in Christ. And that is one of the wonders of, you know, Christian slaves, the black church. I mean, this is one of their, one of the grand legacies, one of the grand witnesses to the strangeness, strangeness of the gospel. It makes it so attractive. Like, how can you be happy? And me over here with, you know, whether it, whether it be power or stuff or position or privilege, I have it all, yet I, I don't have that. And that's what we get in Jesus, that kind of rest. Yeah, that's like the capital R rest. You yes, know? that Matthew eleven twenty eight rest. That, yes, so that absolutely. was this kind of scriptural meditation I was thinking through, yeah. Yeah, well, as I was thinking about sort of the nature of rest, one thing that makes it different from giving up is that resting acknowledges the human limitations that we have, that we are, uh, we just butt up again. We will find the end of ourselves yeah. soon enough yep. in different areas. And when we do, that's not a sign necessarily of our sinfulness or of our unfaithfulness. It is a sign that we are not God yes. and he doesn't want us to be. Yeah. He wants us to be creatures. He has built rest into our lives, into our rhythms, commanded it of us. And when we think we don't need it or we ignore those uh, commands to take it, we are thinking of ourselves more like God than a creature. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So knowing that you need to bow out and, you know, take a rest before you can get back into the conversation, I think that's a that's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of discipline and of just being in touch with with your relationship to God. Yes, that's right. That's right. I re- so it's funny. Meg's not a writer. Um, I do. Meg, your wife. Meg my, Meg, my wife. She's not a writer. I remember I was so stuck on my book once, and she gave me some of the best writing advice ever. She said, take a break. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that's really good. You come back with fresh eyes. I mean, all of us know that experience. So take a break and don't let this consume you and let Jesus consume you. I mean, we see it all over scripture too. Like we see Elijah at the end of himself before the Lord and God's like, take a nap and eat something. Yes. Yes. Amazing. That's such an incredible scene. It's like, yes. Like, why don't you take a nap? And that's what, you know, God, Lord willing has built in, um, into our every day is like, you just need to spend some time on your back and I'll run the universe and you will remember that you are not me. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, Isaac, any final pieces of advice that you want to give the tired or discouraged Christian before we pray? Oh, just the reminder that one day you won't be tired and to wait on the Lord. I mean, and and frankly, to study rest in scripture. I mean, it's all over Psalm 27, wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage. Isaiah 40, even use grow tired and wet, weary, young men stumble and fall, but they who wait for the Lord. So just, just wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Just wrongs will be made right. Uh, wrongs that were here before you got here and that will be here long after you got here will be made right. So wait for the one who's going to make it all right. Yeah. 
take the long view, yeah. under understand that God is not done working, that yeah. his arc of redemption is bigger than your short little life. And, you know, that's not an excuse not to work hard. It's not an excuse not to not to care about injustice, but trust that God knows what he's doing and take a break. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. I'll start us and you close. Yep. Let's do it, man. Father, thank you for your care of us and your rule of the universe. Lord, when we get stressed out and frustrated with our work so often, it's because we forget the difference between your work and ours. And Lord, please help us to remember that and please help that to inform how we structure our work, how we structure our lives, that we are making time for rest, making time to step back from work, step back from that those conversations that tax us, um, not as a way to forget about injustice, but just as a way to make this run sustainable for a lifetime. Amen. Um, and Lord, we need your grace to do that. We need your wisdom. We need your help. And so we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we think of Lamech's words from Genesis 5 when Noah came on the scene and Lamech said, this one will bring us relief, rest from the agonizing labor of our hands caused by the ground. The Lord is cursed. And Lord, we know in some sense Noah did that, but we know it was Noah's greater son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who showed up on the scene and said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Father, we pray for everyone listening to this, that they would know the rest that is found in Christ Jesus, the rest from striving, the rest from war with you, the rest for their souls. The Lord, we praise you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And yet you call us to do hard things. You call us to love our neighbor, to be just, to be merciful, uh, to be faithful. Father, would you give us wisdom as to what that looks like when it comes to thinking about race and racism in this country, in our churches. Father, we're to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Main that maintenance is hard work for us, self-interested, fickle, short-tempered, easily offended, weak-minded, and weak-willed people. Lord, we confess that's what we are. So would you help us? Would you show us where we need to take breaks? Would you show us where we need to, in so many ways, Lord, shut our mouths? Whether we're mouthing off against you, whether we're mouthing off against another church member. Father, we pray um, that you would give us grace, though, not to just shut our mouths, but to open them with words that fit the occasion, as Ephesians 4 so clearly talks about. And Father, we pray that you would give us grace to continue to open our mouths to you. We're, we're thankful for uh, all the horizontal conversations we can have. But Lord, we confess that we, we don't have enough vertical conversations. We don't have enough prayer. And so, Lord, we confess that some of us, too many of us listening to this, need to pray more. We need to rely more. Our restlessness is shown and seen in our prayerlessness. So forgive us for that, Lord, and help us. We wait on you. And we love you. And we pray to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Folks, Austin, there was a bunch of resources I was thinking about as we were talking. I think about one we could throw in the show notes was uh, uh, my article on, hey, before you ask your black friend about race, think about this. And I'm sure there's a ton more that good stuff that you could throw in the show notes. Uh, the show notes will probably grab resources from around the web, but certainly from our website, uwepray.com. That's the letter U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com. You can find a lot of articles. Austin, at some point, we should talk to them about the long form articles, but we won't do that here. We've already taken 34 minutes of people's time. Uh, so friends, we love you. We thank you for listening. Uh, we pray that you enjoy some rest uh, so that you can keep going in the work of being just and merciful, humble, and faithful. Grace and peace. Pray.